All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 26 of Right Off the Bus. It is Wednesday, June 23rd, and I'm very excited to announce that though I miss Pat, I wish he could be here. We have the yeah. first ever co-host guest in the history of Right Off the Bus. We got Joe <laughs> Hagan in the building. Joe, I'm pumped for it, man. I'm pumped too, man. I'm sorry that you lost Pat for the week, you know. Sorry for the downgrade, but I'm happy to be here. Step oh. in. I feel like I feel like a special guest referee, like in the WWE. <laughs> yeah. so, tap him in. Yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. Joe, this this is throwing it back. So as yeah. the listeners know, Pat and I hosted a radio show at WSKB at Westfield called Fourth and Six. And mm-hmm. do you know who my co-host before Pat was on Fourth and Six? It was none other than Joe Hagan, man. We were crushing it in there for a while. Yeah, yeah, we we dominated that sports block <laughs> on Tuesdays at Westfield. Yeah, we were running that city. <laughs> it was a good time, man. It was a good time. It was. So hey, yeah. you know, I needed a co-host. My first lot, I was like, got to run it back with an old co-host, man. It was a lot of fun doing it at Westfield, and yeah. we're excited to dive into it, man. Joe's a yeah. as big of a Celtics fan as anyone in New England through yeah. and through, man. So this is gonna be fun. Pat's yeah, a Ravens fan, so this is this is better, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I've been listening to the pod every now and then, and I picked up on that. There's some uh, there's some concerning things about Pat. I'm not gonna lie, some of his takes bother me. Uh-oh. We can dive into that a little bit, but. <laughs> oh, Pat, it sounds like he's auditioning for your job over here. This is tough, but. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't. I would never. But my one listener question, I think Pat. Pat took I so I proposed the grizzly bear versus the gorilla. Mm. Um, that was which, a hot you know, debate. Yeah, that was a hot debate. I mean, that was one of the episodes I've made sure to tune in. <laughs> I wanted your opinions on that. Uh, I think Pat was on the side of the gorilla, and I just won't stand for that. It's grizzly bear. I don't yeah. want to reopen old wounds on this show, <laughs> but you know what? Like, I'm standing firm on the grizzly bear, and I will never back down from that. I I know that Pat and I went in like actual analysis, and we were talking yeah. like about yeah. what is the arena? What are the? Is there a cage? Is there yeah. climbing involved? You know, like yeah. we there's a and, lot of factors here. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I'm here to tell you, Chandler, that it doesn't matter, and the grizzly oh. bear will win no matter what. Again, we don't have to reopen old wounds, but I would be happy to have a guest spot on this show and just talk about animals. <laughs> matchups uh, that Ooh. would that would that would probably be me uh at my zenith uh, <laughs> talking <laughs> on a microphone just what animals could beat each other up honestly yeah. i like the idea of a new guest segment there i, I really do <laughs> but unfortunately yeah. the problem is we could do a whole podcast right now on grizzly versus gorilla and all these different no settings but no you know, we gotta stay true and true joe <laughs> and we gotta stick yeah. to sports because that's what we do around here so we're gonna Fair get enough. into some headlines just to start off joe like we always do so the first mm-hmm. so the new supreme court ruling you know, it's all about the NCAA education expenses. I, I see this as a small step in the right direction. My understanding is that they ruled that you cannot put limits on education-related benefits for NCAA athletes if the school mm. wants to pay for them. This means at this mm. means laptops, this means supplies, this means study abroad trips. There's there's a lot here. Well, what were your impressions when you heard this news? I think I had the same reaction as you. I think it's an amazing thing for the athletes. I mean, it's probably not enough, but like you said, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, we all, we all know what's happening at like the major colleges. Like they're finding ways to make sure that these players are, you know, taken care of. So anything that they can do that's like above the books and just kind of make sure that everything runs as smoothly as possible for the players, I think is good because, you know, they're kind of put in a tough spot with NCAA regulations. 
Yeah, yeah. no, abs- absolutely. And one thing I was thinking, I thought back to Shabazz Napier at UConn mm-hmm. saying how he didn't have enough food stipends and how yeah. there were di- there were nights that he didn't eat dinner and there were days he didn't have meals because he ran out of swipes. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, we got the education expenses, but I need yeah. limited meal plans for all my athletes yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. That's don't ridiculous. Make a- you know what? If they gotta if they gotta go to class, don't make them pay for books. Like, what can we do? You know, what can we do to help? Mm-hmm. It, you know what it makes me think of is, uh, did you ever watch the show Blue Mountain State? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a whole like segment of like season two or three where Alex is going in on like the NCAA uh, rules and regulations, like bagels with cream cheese. It's so <laughs> convoluted and it makes no sense to anybody. And you know, any way that we can make that easier for all parties involved is better better for the sport i think that's really i think that's really well said any small step in this direction we're here for this is awesome yeah yeah all right man next headline another another great announcement man carl nassib Mm -hmm. you know dn for the oakland raiders announces himself as the first openly active gay player in the nfl i hope i didn't butcher that sentence because i've seen some pretty bad memes about people wording this wrong <laughs> but posted on ig man this guy's played for the browns yeah. he was a captain on the bucks he's on the raiders right now yeah. and to top it all off in this video that he put out he said i'm donating a hundred thousand dollars to the trevor project which works against suicide prevention and mental health awareness for the lgbtq plus community so joe this is this is awesome man i'm glad yeah. it's been so well received you know that's that's all you yeah. can hope for in this situation that's exactly it. That was like my first reaction too. I think what I thought and what a lot of people thought when they first heard this news was, well, wait a second. Wasn't Michael Sam the first openly gay player in the NFL? And, you know, I just remember, what was that? 2013, 14, there was all these, like, there was like a lot of mixed reactions and weird negative backlash. You remember there was a really wild conspiracy theory that he like faked it to mm-hmm. improve his draft stock, which was just a, completely absurd you know it ruined his draft stock yeah like it it like made people perceive him in this like negative light that did not need to be there and you know i it was it was one of those things that kind of kind of warmed your heart a little bit like Mm. you know what maybe we as a society are going in the right direction so that was great to hear i know i've heard of this guy too which is like you know kind of a big deal it's not like not like some dude that's probably gonna get cut you know this is this is significant yeah, who was who was the uh, NBA player? Something Collins, um, Jason Collins. Jason Collins, not a big yeah. enough name. Michael Sam. This man mm-hmm. was the co-SEC Defensive Player of the Year with Jadevian Clowney, who went first in the draft, and he dropped from a third wow. round grade down yeah. to a seventh round pick, which yeah. totally ruined his career, which is so unfortunate. So my thing was, I, you know, Joe, you're like me. You're on the Twitter comments. You're on the IG comments. Yeah. I was yeah. just so glad that there weren't negative comments. Some people were Same. making some yeah. people were making jokes, but the, it, it wasn't negative. And just the fact that the NFL community came out in support, that yeah. was awesome. Loved JJ Watt saying, this is awesome. Proud of you, brother, but can't wait for when this isn't breaking news. This shouldn't, yeah. this shouldn't be breaking news, but you know, yeah. unfortunately is. And you know, yeah. same as the last thing, small step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Small step. It, it, it was a great uh, example of the NFL kind of, improving for lack of a better word you know they have come a long way like as a league and as a community um i don't remember this kind of outpouring and support for michael mm-hmm. sam back in 13 or 14 or whatever it was so it it was definitely a i think a great moment for the world of sports yeah yeah absolutely man well said so next getting uh getting a little more loose man brady yeah going yeah. on the shop on hbo mm-hmm. lebron and mav carter show the uninterrupted 
absolutely slamming you know an nfl team saying you're really sticking <laughs> with that mfr instead of yeah. going with me because they lost interest you know at a point in free agency i mm-hmm. love this i love i mean what a great tease you know for the yeah. trailer that they put out yeah yeah i just Go kept ahead. racking my head who could he be talking <laughs> about that's all i was thinking about yeah who do you Jimmy think Garoppolo, you know jared goff in la mm-hmm. who was it who was it but you know, this, this was very funny. This was hilarious. And a point that I didn't really think about, I forget who, who brought it up that I saw it on ESPN, but someone said, mm-hmm. you got to remember there wasn't this outpouring like need for Brady in this free agency. Like the no. Pats were like, they weren't working together to resign him. Some mm-hmm. teams said he was too expensive. Some teams weren't going to offer him the years, you know, the bucks were a special situation where they had everything going plus the money and, and the ability yeah. to move on from their quarterback. But yeah. at the same time, this is hilarious because this is Brady at 43 years old, still with this massive chip on his shoulder. And that's what you love to see. This is Brady through and through. He's like yeah. this on the field. He's like this off the field. He's like this in a celebrity golf game. You know, yeah. it's awesome. I love seeing this yeah. from Tom. Brady's, and I, I hate to say it because it makes us, it makes the New England Patriots look a little boring or something. I don't know, but Brady's been on a tear since he left. <laughs> He's been just killing it in every sense of that word, like. I uh, remember as soon as he left, he went on the Howard Stern show and yeah. he was like super open. And it was like, it was crazy listening to him, like speak the way he was speaking on Howard Stern, obviously won the Super Bowl. Now this, by the way, I have a, I have a hot take on who he was thinking about that quarterback. Tell me. Baker Mayfield. I yeah. think cause the, the Browns, we all knew that that was going to be a pretty, pretty good team coming into this season. And like, it was kind of a make or break it year for Baker Mayfield. But I think, Next to the Buccaneers, who I think kind of we collectively underrated, you know, like going into like Tom Brady. Like, I don't think anybody, yeah, because of Jameis, I don't think anybody knew that that defense was like as good as it was. Like, that is a world class defense they had there. You just don't really typically think about that, like when you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But like, we knew the Browns had like some dogs on that team. I think he was really considering the Browns. and Baker kind of makes sense to me because at that point mm. he was like, not that dude he is now because he proved himself this year. But I, I think, I think Cleveland could have been uh could have been that destination. He was talking to. I bet you if McDaniels got that job instead of Stefanski two years ago, it would have been Cleveland. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I bet Brady sure. would have been there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, let's move on. Last uh, headline right here, man. I, I saw this. I don't know why this isn't being reported more. The Harlem Globetrotters, I don't know if they're the Harlem Globetrotters anymore. The Globetrotters, mm-hmm. they're requesting, they send in like a legit plea to, to the NBA, asking them to make them an NBA franchise. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, you know, this was in this article. The Globetrotters have only ever played an NBA team twice. 48 really? and 49, they played the Lakers, the Minneapolis Lakers. They beat them both games. <laughs> Minneapolis Lakers yeah. won the 49 championship. Just saying. Yeah. Could have been, could have been. Yeah, I don't know, man. The thing with the, they might be a little rusty if we put them in the league now. You know, if they haven't played since '49. No. I, I mean, that's no, that's they've something, been, man. They've been running yeah. and playing, but yeah, this is, you know, this is, you know, trick shot basketball. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, they want to be in the league, but okay, you got a uh, three billion dollars for the entry fee. You know, <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> yeah, cost. Them. Yeah, and you know what? If we if we add the Globe Charters, we're gonna have to add what is it? The Generals, <laughs> whoever they play <laughs> they game, like every game. Yeah, we have we have to let them in too. So you know what? This is a slippery slope, Chandler. I don't know about this. 
That's funny, man. All right, let's get yeah. on to some real basketball, Joe. All right. So we yeah, got ball to the line, man. We got to catch up on some second round matchups. Yeah. So we're going to pass over the Phoenix and Denver series because Pat and I talked about it last week, that sweep nice and clean mm-hmm. over, you know. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start, man. Hawks at Sixers. Winning yeah. game seven in Philadelphia, man. You know, there's electric. a million absolutely electric. There's a million yeah. things coming out after this game, Joe. But why, mm-hmm. why don't you just give me what you were thinking when you saw, man, the Hawks just beat the Sixers, man? Yeah. Well, honestly, my very first reaction is damn, Trey Young is that dude. He is yes, like sir. a legit superstar. I was kind of skeptical on him. Maybe it was unfair because. I'm kind of biased against scoring guards on bad teams. I'm always kind of, I don't know how much I value those stats, but Trey Young is, he's a different breed. Mm. He is, he is as elite as elite gets in terms of offensive players. And I mean, yeah, his defense is a problem, but who cares when you're that good? (laughs) Who cares? Who cares? He beat the Sixers. That's, that is crazy. There's no way you look at that Atlanta Hawks roster compared to the Sixers roster and say, Oh, this is pretty close. <laughs> like, you know, like everybody thought this was going to be Sixers and five. You know, right? No, I'm I'm totally with you, man. And I every single round have been picking against the Hawks. I'm like, yeah. oh, I thought the Knicks were going to beat them in six games. I thought yeah. that the Sixers were going to beat them in five to six games if if Embiid mm-hmm. was healthy. Embiid wasn't healthy the entire That's a good series, point. which That's was a, a problem. Point. But now they're going up against the Bucks, and we'll get into it later. I'm easily picking the Bucks, but I'm like, I got- should should I be <laughs> yeah. thinking about the Hawks? But we'll get into that game later, man. So yeah. obviously the big story, Ben Simmons. I mean, mm-hmm. what what was it? Five fourth quarter shots in the seven was- games or something like that. And yeah, career low. I mean, all time NBA low in free throw percentage, minimum 70 shot attempts in a series. Like, man, this is just, this is all time bad. 9.9%. I mean, 9.9 points per game in this series, 34% from the free throw line. It's terrible. That's Shaq Shaq free throw shooting numbers. It's like worse than Shaq. (laughs) Shaq shot a career 50%. Oh, man. Like, this is worse. This is Andre Drummond in his rookie season bad. Like, this is horrible. It's tough to watch. Like, like I was legitimately getting secondhand embarrassment for Ben Simmons. This is a man that gets paid an ungodly amount of uh, money to play basketball. I like it was it was paining me just watching the game man like it was it was tough to watch um four yeah. years 140 something million remaining on his contract joe yeah yeah seeing you know the scuttlebutt online they're saying that that's the worst contract in the league i don't agree with it but like how far he has fallen since since before the playoffs started i mean think of where people were rating his value right before the playoffs everybody was talking about him as you know, the real defensive player of the year. And I, I put that in quotation marks because obviously Gobert is super impactful on defense, mm-hmm. but there's something to be said for versatility. And obviously Simmons is, you know, as good as they come right now on defense. Absolutely. But I just can't believe like the way public opinion has fallen <laughs> on him. And I feel bad about it, but it's, yeah, it's kind of self-inflicted. It's pretty crazy, man, that the Philadelphia 76ers would not include Ben Simmons in a James Harden deal. And uh, look, look at yeah. where we are right now. I mean, yeah. James Harden and Joel Embiid, <laughs> healthy James Harden. Oh, man. Yeah. That's now, Kobe yeah. Shaq. <laughs> yeah. He, he went from the centerpiece of a James Harden deal to like, there's like 
CJ McCollum <laughs> swap talks, like the Sixers throwing a second on there just to get it done. Like it is crazy. Man. If we if we hadn't already traded Kemba, which we're gonna talk about, I would have done a Kemba for Simmons deal. But I mean, that's in a heartbeat. That's in a heartbeat. Going. It, it realistically it's hard with that contract like you're saying i mean mm-hmm. you look at poor zingus you look at andrew wiggins and you pray that simmons doesn't end up playing with steph curry clay thompson draymond green and james wiseman because that'd be horrifying yeah. but yeah. there this guy's 24 he's an all-star he's been all nba he's a 17 7 and 7 guy in his sleep so mm-hmm. once he gets this confidence back i think he's an all-star again but the problem is his confidence is at an all-time low, and that's a hard place to be as a max contract player in the NBA. Yeah, and it's funny, Chandler, because we find ourselves here in the year 2021 when I can distinctly remember us on fourth and fourth along on our on our radio show talking about Ben Simmons in 2018. You know, he's gonna spend his offseason working on his jumper, <laughs> he's gonna get that confidence up. And here we are, you know. But um, I don't know, man. I just he confuses me more than any player I think I've ever seen. Um, and it's quite remarkable that the Sixers in two consecutive drafts drafted a point guard that for some inexplicable reason has a really hard time shooting the ball, <laughs> like an exceptionally hard time shooting the ball. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Philly, man, but uh, they got to look into that. <laughs> it's kind of tough too. you feel bad for Joel Embiid at a point. He flops. Yep. He does this. He does that. He's a Philly yeah. guy and I'm a, we're Boston fans. So we got to hate him. But man, yeah. Joel Embiid, his first few years in the league played like 64 games in three years. You felt so bad for him. You're like, if this guy's healthy, he's dominant. He's been yeah. healthy. He's been dominant. He's the best big in basketball outside yeah. of Jokic and mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Like you want this guy to succeed. And Tobias Harris is a great piece. And Seth Curry's a great piece. And Maxie's a great piece. They have guys, but Simmons simply cannot work as a second star. They got yeah, to switch it up. For sure. They have a lot of good role players. And, you know, I was probably lower on the Sixers than a lot of people entering the postseason. I just never believed in their offense. I'm skeptical of any offense that revolves around a big, other than the Nuggets, because Jokic has proven to be this, like, offensive facilitator that we haven't really seen before. Unicorn. But I was kind of, yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't really like to use the term unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Porzingis and like Jokic is like the antithesis of Porzingis, like physically. But um, yeah, like I was skeptical of an offense led by Embiid in the playoffs, just because you know less foul calls, things get bogged down more in the paint. It's harder for him to just bully people like he does in the regular season. You need a guy that can create on the perimeter. Didn't and rightfully so didn't think ben simmons was that guy Mm. seriously skeptical about tobias harris like you said danny green seth curry uh korkmaz uh dwight howard they're good they're good pieces but you (laughs) you can't rely on any of these guys like the the sixers postseason hopes i mean we saw it in game seven we saw it all series against the hawks they were giving the ball to seth curry and asking like saying seth curry make something happen for us please what are you, where are you as a franchise when you're depending on Seth Curry to carry you to the conference finals? I mean, they have significant work to do. And Daryl Moore got a lot of credit, deservedly so, for building a better team around Embiid and Simmons, but they, they have significantly more work to do. They absolutely yeah. do. They absolutely do. And speaking of a team that has more work to do, man, we're going to get on to this other seven game series and those Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets. They got mm-hmm. some work to do on that roster construction, I'll tell you. But the Bucks beat the Nets 
in game seven, man. You know, yeah. this, this was nuts. This was nuts. This was, yeah, it was. and you know, this was a, this series had only gone four games last time Pat and I had talked about it. And then Durant has mm-hmm. that obscene game five that, you know, is an all time historic yeah. game. Game yeah. six is awesome. Game seven's awesome. But you know, as much as injuries dominate this storyline, I there's so much more than injuries that go into this. One, I think that the Bucks are that good. I think that Drew yep. Holiday was yep. an addition that I was appalled when they paid him $40 million a year, worth every single penny. <laughs> Middleton can step yep. up and be that number one at times. You know, mm-hmm. and Giannis, Giannis is a walking 30 and 15, man. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Say what you want. He has no bag. He can't shoot. He's not confident. Yeah. Well, he still will shoot. How about that, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons? At least he tries. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like and- he'll <laughs> yeah, it doesn't the thing about Jonas is it doesn't matter where he's on the court. He will put pressure on the defense. And that is at the end of the day what makes superstars great. Like you're always, always gonna have your eye on Giannis. And like Simmons, not to not to just pile on Simmons, because I know this is a bad week for Ben Simmons, but like he disappears in the half court. Who was it? Jared Dudley a couple years ago described him to a T, you know? He's a great transition player. <laughs> He's average in the half court. He's worse than average. He can't shoot. Uh, Jared you know, Dudley I, hits that three on Ben Simmons and is like, Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah. All that's coming to mind to me right now is that Stephen A. thing with Kwame Brown. Yep. <laughs> he can't commit a post move to memory. <laughs> it's 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 true, man. Yeah. It's true. It's very strange, but yeah. I got to tell you, I think this Bucks team is that good. Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about too is like, yes, this team is predicated on its stars in Brooklyn, right? But mm-hmm. when Harden goes down and Kyrie goes down, those guys they can't defend. No one on that roster defends other than Bruce Brown. They don't yeah. play DeAndre Jordan. They don't play yeah. Nick Claxton. Jeff Green, Blake Griffin, they don't defend. Landry Shamit doesn't defend. Joe Harris doesn't defend. Like you need mm-hmm. three and D guys around stars. You don't need threes. Like mm-hmm. Joe Harris couldn't hit. I get it. Landry Shamit did his thing, but those guys, they don't do enough. Like if you're going to have complimentary yeah. players, like it's amazing that they're just so single faceted. It was really weird to watch. You know, once those guys had to step up, they simply couldn't do it. And I'm thinking even with a healthy roster, these guys aren't contributing much. Bruce Brown is their best contributor out of their big three. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a weird mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, no, it really is. I kind of think you hit the nail on the head there, describing like, the way that they like interact with each other on the court. Like there's nothing, there's no real rhyme or reason to mm. it. It's just kind of like five dudes out there sometimes that are pretty good at basketball and one of them's incredible. Um, <laughs> I think the thing that works for the Nets stylistically. And it only works when they have all three other guys is they, they sucker other teams into playing their style of basketball. Mm-hmm. So I saw this happening in the Celtics series and the Celtics aren't a great example. Cause they go, they go ISO a lot, but you wind up playing one-on-one against the Nets all game. And you're not, you're never going to win that against Kevin Durant, James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I think those guys are so amazing in such like ridiculous offensive talents that they can kind of force a defense to, play them that way every trip down the floor and you know Milwaukee has some really talented players you're right about Drew Holiday he is a significant significant upgrade over Eric Bledsoe yes. but you know he's not I don't know like can you you can't depend on him for like 25 a night or anything like that when Chris Middleton's a really great player 
I don't know like where he ranks in the echelon of wing players, but he's kind of in that second tier, if you ask me. Giannis is their only guy, and like we said, he, he doesn't have much of a bag. So it's like the, the Bucks did a good job of keeping themselves out of that situation where they're trying to play Nets brand basketball, which mm. is the first time this season I've seen anybody successfully do that. So I think we can officially crown the Bucks as legit. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And I got to tell you, man, we'll, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it, you know, with the conference finals. The Bucks are looking pretty good in this playoff hunt right now. And I they don't are. think that they there's are. a player left that can match up with Giannis other than Kawhi Leonard, who may yeah. be out for the rest of the Clippers run. But let's yeah. move on to those Clippers, man. They beat the Jazz four to two. The Clippers mm-hmm. are the first team ever to go down 0-2 in multiple postseason series in the same postseason and win out, man. This is... This is pretty crazy. I got to tell you, the fact that Terrence Mann did it, the fact that Paul yeah. George did it. Pride this, of loyal. Pride right? of loyal. Terrence yeah. Mann. Yeah. That's very cool, man. That's very cool. And, you know, 40 piece. And uh, you see yeah. Donovan Mitchell looking at his stash sheet after the game and like, yeah, 40? He, he only <laughs> yeah. missed six shots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. He, he only missed six shots? Yeah. And just yeah. You see how dejected he is. But I got to tell you, Defensive Player of the Year, it's a, it's a regular season award, but you can't have a Defensive Player of the Year get targeted by Reggie no. Jackson and Terrence <laughs> Mann. Reggie Jackson yeah. and Terrence Mann targeted the best defensive player in the league, quote unquote. I get it. It's a regular season award. I don't think it should be. I understand why Gobert won it, but man, you know, this Utah Jazz team, when you think that they have everything, they have the one seed, they have all these phenomenal role players. Clarkson's not doing enough. Ingles doesn't do enough. Bogdanovich doesn't do enough. And Mitchell's shaky and not healthy. So they end up going out, man. I'm not surprised that the Clippers won. I actually picked them in the series, but mm-hmm. this, this was kind of tough to watch for a Jazz team that you thought was having a pretty magical season. Yeah, and I, I would even go as far to say is, what is the Jazz ceiling beyond this? I mean, what kind of moves can they make that doesn't completely destroy their current roster makeup? Mm. I mean, if you're going to, if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are the guys that you build around, how much better can you get than this? Uh, I'm kind of skeptical that they can, they can figure that out. You think of the Utah Jazz, you think of defense and it was like, it was pathetic. Like the way that (laughs) Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann were abusing them, (laughs) you know, like their whole scheme, their whole scheme. So they have, they have Gobert in the drop and he, he guards the rim, but like you put him in rotations, he like, he's getting burned by like guys that are just okay. Like that. How do you, how do you reckon with that? If you're a jazz fan, like you, they have to improve their perimeter defense, but that sacrifices the scoring. And that's like mm-hmm. the only reason that they were so dominant this year. We have seen better jazz defenses in the past fail miserably in the playoffs for the same reasons. Cause Gobert turns into a liability. And I mean, it's just, it's sort of the same thing I have with the Sixers, but even worse for the Jazz. Because the Sixers, yeah. you can look at that and say, like, oh, this is this is a complete <laughs> failure of, like, a couple of guys here. But the Jazz is just like, oh, they tried their best, and this is not this is not good enough. Right. So, like, there's, the only way they yeah. get better is pulling off a crazy trade that's never going to happen. Or yeah, Donovan yeah. Mitchell takes another leap, not a step, like a leap. Yeah. And becomes yeah, yeah. like a top five or six guy in the league, which just isn't happening yet. Yeah, he's a yeah, baller. He's, he's top twenty, but yeah, you know, unless he takes but, that step, this is where you're at. 
Are, are we going to see a disgruntled superstar force their way to Utah? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that sentence so, was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but I will say, I think the main story of this series is the Clippers. And yes. I'm kind of looking, you know what? I'm looking at two guys here, and I'm thrilled to be talking to you about this because I know you're a Paul George guy too. Mm-hmm. And Paul George, playoff P. He's had a bad reputa- rep- reputation the last few years. Shouldn't have but, given uh, himself that nickname. <laughs> no, no, he shouldn't have. He, there's a lot of things Paul George shouldn't have done. That Gatorade commercial. <laughs> you know, you got, if you have Scal roasting you on television for commercials, man, you got you to gotta cool it, I think. Don't but be he, five for 40 on game-winning shots and make a commercial <laughs> about hitting game-winning yeah. shots. <laughs> It's he's been rightfully roasted, dragged, any adjective you want to throw at it. He's earned it, but this postseason he's kind of been on like a playoff P reclamation tour, and it's been fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Like he he really is. He's so smooth. I think as a Celtics fan, as a person that adores Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, he's one of those guys I think that they should uh, try and emulate. He's so smooth, that jumper and just knows how to get to his spots. So it's fun watching him dominate, especially against good defenses like Utah. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, you, you know, your your thoughts on the Clippers remind me of what we were just saying about the Bucks with how they're legit. Like, yeah, they yeah. made that conference finals. They're role mm-hmm. players and not, you know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say role players. They're second stars. The Chris yeah. Middleton, yeah. the Paul yeah. George, they stepped up like crazy yeah. and it felt like they're taking that next step when other teams could not. So I absolutely yeah. love to see that. I would say there isn't a shred of doubt now that you can win a championship with Paul George as your second best player. Uh, it's right. it stinks. It stinks because Kawhi's out and we don't know how long. But um, I would shock if I'm a Clippers fan, which you know there's like a proud dozen of them out there. But um, <laughs> you know, in the Los Angeles area, at least there is. Um, I would say that this season's been a, a good success. It's unfortunate luck because of Kawhi, but um, Paul. I think Paul George is that dude, and they have a hell of a coach in yes. Tyron Lue. And what a season. What a season from Tyron Lue. I mean, he, he was a significant upgrade over Doc Rivers, I think. Like, the adjustments that you saw him make against uh, the Jazz and well, blanking on their first-round matchup, but, like, he was – they were doing it. Like, they, they, they were doing the thing that we thought that they wouldn't do. Are like, you telling me of, that Doc Rivers didn't do enough in-game adjustments in the 76ers? <laughs> I don't wanna, yeah, I don't, don't want to give any listeners a heart attack from, like, surprise or anything, but Doc Rivers has kind of been letting his teams down the past few years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, like – He was legit. Yeah, it's like that's not, just a, that's not just LeBron's guy. Like, he's a great coach. Hell he's of a, a staff, coach. too. Hell of a yeah. staff led by Chauncey Billups. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, future future Blazer head coach Chauncey Billups. We'll see what happens. I still want him yeah. as the uh, Celts coach, but I, yeah. I know we got the Ime Udoka rumors flying right now. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know we're not going to be talking much Celtics coaching, but we are going to get onto that Kemba that Kemba trade mm-hmm. eventually. But first, we got to talk about the conference finals. Quick, Joe, let's get into the East. Let's get into the West since we've talked about these teams at length already. The Hawks yeah. at Milwaukee, man, I hate this matchup for the Hawks, but like I said, I've said that three rounds in a <laughs> row. Yeah, no, um, yeah. I think that you find teams with guys like Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, and Bam that can guard Giannis through these last two postseasons, but I don't think that there's a guy on the Hawks roster that can guard Giannis. John Collins is not that guy on defense. Clint Capella, I love him, but he's like six nine and a half. 
Giannis is a 6'11", 6'11 and a half. He can't guard him. And I'm interested to see what they throw at them because I really love the defensive matchup for the Bucks. Like, I love Giannis being able to guard anyone on that front line. I love Middleton. Yeah, play free safety out there. Absolutely. Middleton yeah. guarding Horder or whenever he's hot from the three. Yep. And then you got yep. Drew on Trey. Who else do you want yep. on a guy like Trey? I know. Perfect. That's why yeah. I don't like this series for the Hawks. I'm going Bucks mm-hmm. in five, believe it or not. I'm going five. Mm-hmm. I want to say six, but Bucks in five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I think what Trey Young has done in this postseason, and I know I talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's, it's nothing short of remarkable. He's, he's ridiculous. Uh, as good as they come on offense in the league, his pick and roll game with Capella and John Collins. I mean, he has two guys that he has just unbelievable chemistry with. Uh, you know, Quinn Capella is so much better than I think a lot of people give him credit for. He's one of the best defensive centers in the league. And he's one of the most uh, cerebral. Yeah, this is how I word it. Cerebral rollers in the yes. league like he finds those like soft pockets in the defense and he knows to use his athleticism and his length to just rise up and you know when he has such a gifted passer like trey young that's that's like a guaranteed bucket every time then you look at their wings like you said bogdanovic Huerta, legit dudes like mm-hmm. these are guys that not only can they shoot but they can make their own shots on their perimeter uh I, they were the best wing players i thought in the atlanta philly series Bogdanovic a little bit less so because he, he was dealing with some injuries, but Huerta was he was incredible. He uh, was. you know, they got they got Gallinari who had Ben Simmons shaking in his boots all series, <laughs> you know, that defensive pressure uh from Gallinari. Um Damn you, Ben piece. Simmons. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Ben Simmons, Poor. man. Yeah, with uh, with all of that being said, Bucks, I got Bucks in four. I mean, I don't see. I don't. I don't think Atlanta wins a game. Yeah. I don't think Atlanta wins a game because it's to me. Drew Holiday is the X factor. Mm. I don't think Atlanta had a guard defender. Of I mean, not Atlanta. Uh, Philly had a guard defender at Drew's capabilities. Obviously, Matisse is incredible. Ben Simmons is the best defender in basketball, in my opinion. Neither of them are particularly well suited for a small, explosive guard like Trey Young. Uh, Drew Holiday is. Middleton is going to feast on mm. Querter, Bogdanovic, Gallinari. I don't know who they plan on putting on Middleton, but it's going to be a nightmare for Atlanta. <laughs> it's not going to go well at all. Right. And Giannis, Giannis is going to be far and away the best overall player on the court. Trey Young, obviously, is, you know, I can't say I can't sing his praises enough right now, but Giannis is going to dominate that series, unlike anything we've seen from him him in the playoffs so far. You can book it. I'm gonna guarantee that. This is gonna be, this is gonna be Giannis's signature playoff series, in my opinion. I love it. All 20 of you listeners, go put all your money on the Bucks yeah. right now. Yes. Joe Hagan's gonna double down on it. That's what yes. we like to hear. Um, yes, I'll. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I'll, I'll post my home address if this doesn't work <laughs> out, man. If you guys have problems with oh, me, man. yeah. Oh man, this is going to get tough. Now I will say, man, Stephen A was on some nonsense saying Mitchell's the best player in the history of the jazz because obviously Malone and Stockton, I get it in a vacuum. He's probably a single better basketball player than guys that played 20 and 30 years ago. I get that. Mm -hmm. Trey Young's the best player in the history of the Hawks. Dominique Wilkins never made a conference finals. Trey is amazing. He is the second coming of Steph Curry. I don't think he'll ever be Steph. But man, Trey Young, best player in the history of Hawks, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'd rock with it. 
who's he got for competition? Dominique and uh, that's it. My my guy, Al Horford. <laughs> my guy, Jeff, Jeff Teague, <laughs> Joe Johnson, <laughs> Paul Millsap. Six gave years of Paul minutes. Millsap. That <laughs> was giving them good minutes in 2014. Kyle Korver, the one-time no, I, All-Star, Kyle Korver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I never thought about it, but I I would say Trey Young is the best Hawk of all time, and he he established himself pretty quickly. Yes. So, yeah. Kids are different coming out of college these days, man. I'm telling you yep. right now. Yep. The other Western Conference final, man. Clippers at Suns. Suns win the first game. D-Book 40-13-11 and 11, playing out of his mind without CP3. All right, big thing. No Kawhi, no CP3. Kind of feels like it's evens out. But, yeah. you know, somehow, some way, I think this game, I think the series is going seven games. I think this is a classic Clippers lose the first game like they continue to do. Even if they go yeah. down 0-2, I'm not counting them yeah. out. I would feel better if I'm a Clippers fan <laughs> if we go down 0-2. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't blame you there, man. And I got to tell you, I love what the Suns team is doing. But CP3 being out is so hard for them. I, I, at the end of the day, I think that if it's just Paul George and Devin Booker, I think that the Clippers can still pull it out, but seven games. That's what I'm seeing here, Joe. I don't know who's going to win. I could see either team doing it, but I think it's going seven games one way or another. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I also think it'll go seven. I'm kind of leaning towards Phoenix. I have more faith in CP3 getting back than Kawhi, but whoever gets their star back for more games wins the series, in my opinion. And that stinks to say, uh, you know, if, you know, on the off chance, neither of them come back. I think I'm still leaning Phoenix because um, they have Devin Booker. And I think Devin Booker is the best player in this series uh, sans Kawhi. So mm. I know, think that's it's just tough. And this yeah. postseason has been all about health. The Bucks have mm-hmm. been the healthiest team. They're only missing Dante DiVincenzo. They look at the Hawks. They've had guys banged up. Plus they're missing DeAndre yeah. Hunter. No Kawhi yeah. and no Serge Ibaka for the Clippers. You know, yeah. no CP, man. This it's significant. It really is, and you know that's what that's why I like the Bucks out of these four teams. I got to be honest. I see the Bucks as the NBA Same. champion this year. I do too. I I I held this opinion since before the playoffs started. As soon as the seedings were set, I thought Nets Bucks. Whoever wins that series, that's the champion. I I mean, after the Celtics series, I was convinced the Nets would win it, but you know, injuries change, things change. But all about health. I, yeah, the Bucks are the best team in the playoffs. I think they have been since Kyrie went down. I, I think, think that's a fair fair to say. I think that's yeah. very fair. I absolutely do. Now, Joe, let's move on, man. Since we mm-hmm. both got the Bucks winning out here, all NBA rosters announced. First team, we yeah. got Steph, Luka, Kawhi, Giannis, and Jokic. I like that five. Kawhi feels a little funny, but he had an awesome year. Yeah, it quietly great season i mean that's true Kawhi fashion (laughs) quiet about it but he was really incredible i i think a lot of people underrated the clippers this year just because they had that disaster in the bubble and you know they talk all that trash like they like they were like crowned the champions before that even happened last year people just like wanted to see them fail and their successes kind of flew under the radar but they were they were as good as it got this year in the regular season yeah, I can't argue there, man. And we got the second yeah. team. We got CP, Dame, Braun, Julius Randle, Embiid. Julius Randle kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. Had a phenomenal year one way or another. Brought the Knicks to their first playoff in whatever it was, eight or nine years. Averaged 24 and 10 or something. I'm making up numbers at this point. But Julius Randle had a phenomenal year. I'm not mad at it. I understand that there's other guys that have arguments. But 
I'm not mad yeah. at that. CP in the MVP conversation. Dame, I mean, Dame was Dame all year, man. LeBron kind of feels funny, but feels like he has to be there, even though he missed yeah. a couple months. And Joel yeah. Embiid, I mean, he was neck and neck with Jokic if he didn't, uh, if he didn't miss so many games. So I like, I like the lineup. Yeah, I do too. I mean, LeBron was my big problem with it, but yeah. what are you gonna do? It's LeBron James, of course you're <laughs> gonna put him on the All NBA team. Um, uh, it's it's, yeah. it's natural. This is this is how it works, you know. Yeah, this is what's I, expected. Yeah, Randall, Randall's the other one that sticks out. But like you said, man, the Knicks just had a. I'm not sure the Knicks could have possibly had a better season. Randall was incredible. With that being said, I'm, I'm not sure I would even consider Julius Randall thinking of like the best forwards in the league. Not but even um, <laughs> yeah, no, like happy for him. Like, good job, man. You had a good year. <laughs> like, congrats on that all NBA second team, man. Really again. cherish that. Right? Yeah, re- really <laughs> cherish that. I have a I have a sneaky feeling that's going to be the only all NBA selection of your career. But oh, good work. Man. Good all work. Right. All right, you know what? You're being you're being somewhat nice with these backhanded compliments. So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna yeah, have to yeah. run it for Julius, yeah. man. We got yeah. the third team. We got Kyrie, we got Brad Beal, we got Jimmy Butler, PG 13, and Gobert. Honestly, kind of feels like Gobert was just thrown on here because a center has to be on these p- positions, which kind of sucks. It should just be positionless. It should be the best yeah. five, the next five, the next yeah. five. But I don't like Kyrie being here. He missed so much time. Beal was on the eight seed, so it's tough. I don't think Jimmy Butler necessarily had a great year. I love PG there, but man, when you look at guys like D book, when you look, I know he missed a lot of time. When you look at Tatum, you look at Donovan Mitchell, you look at Russell Westbrook. There's, yeah. there's guys that you feel like yeah. could be on here. There absolutely yeah. are. Yeah. No, I mean the NBA voters should be, oh, what is it? The hog tried at the hog for, uh, not including Devin Booker in oh, there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where the war crimes get tried. They Literally. didn't have Devin Booker on their all NBA selections. Jason Tatum, in my opinion, clearly had a better season than Jimmy Butler and Paul George. The fact that and those guys made it over them. Yeah, and Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, we're, I guess you know, Kyrie's a guard. So, you know, for my Jason Tatum propaganda mm. campaign, I'm not so <laughs> mad about it. But I think Tatum and Book being left out is just a, a travesty, man. Like those young guys should be like rewarded for the season they had. And uh, you know, I think you could make an argument that this is the toughest NBA season in recent memory for a whole a whole host of reasons. But that condensed schedule we saw beat up players all year. And I don't did Devin Booker miss much time at all this year? I, he missed he was, time. I don't know how much, but I, I yeah. think he I think he had some sort of injury this year. Yeah, what did we play this year? 72 games? 72. I just think compared to some of the other big name guys, he was he was something of an Iron Man, and that was pivotal for the Suns being as good as they were. Yeah, he only missed five games. Yeah, yeah, that's a great year. I mean, and I say hats off to Tatum because I thought Tatum like really persevered this year and mm. battled a lot of stuff. Obviously, his struggles with COVID were like super well documented. You know, he had to use an inhaler and stuff. I, I think the numbers that he put up through the adversity that he did, it, it was a wildly impressive season. And just a side note, any Celtics fans that are talking themselves out of Jason Tatum are lunatics. Idiots. Yeah. Lunatics. I mean, also, NBA voters like to also vote on narrative. And if you look at yeah. Jason Tatum's 50 and 60 point games and you look at him keeping the Celtics out of the bubble, and I know it doesn't count or not the bubble to play in, you know, and I know it doesn't count. I know it's postseason, but he's the only person that could beat the healthy nets team 50 piece to do it. It took a yeah. Thanos effort. I yeah. Mean, 
he was incredible. He is, man. He is. And, you know, Joe, we're going to stick with our C's. We're going to move on. Um, but we're going to talk about this Kemba Walker for Al Horford trade. I'm super pumped to know what you think about this. But real quick, just yeah. get the details out. Kemba Walker and the number 16 pick in this year's draft, 2021, and a 2025 second round pick went to OKC for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second round pick. Honestly, I love this move. I think you know, I love Kemba to death and Pat and I talked about it so much last week. I love Kemba, but the best ability is availability. And if you can't be on the court, we simply cannot pay you to play, man. And no one, every single Boston fan wanted Kemba to succeed. No one roots against this, against this guy. He has an awesome yeah. smile, dude. Yeah. One of the best yeah. smiles in the world. Yeah. He's such yeah. a nice guy. You root for him. He's a great vet. And he had flashes of brilliance because he's an all-star yeah. level point guard. But yeah. you're not healthy. We had to move you for a guy that brings defense. We had to move you for a nice young big in Moses Brown that tore us apart when we played. And, yeah. Yeah. and this gets you off Kemba's contract. You save so much money. You save so mm-hmm. much money in so many different ways. It's ridiculous. I... I said yeah. two weeks ago, I wanted Brad to come in and make a splash as GM. He came in, he made a splash. A splash. I absolutely love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm torn on it. And, you know, I, when, I, when I really sit down and think about it, I lean more towards what you're saying. The financial flexibility is probably the best thing possible for this young Celtics team moving forward, like putting the right players around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That is what should be absolutely imperative on the minds of on the mind of brad stevens at every every move that they make moving forward is how does this player maximize jason tatum and Jalen brown every week how does this (laughs) yes yes but like that but unironically like everything everything is jason tatum and Jalen brown for the celtics moving forward they have pushed all their chips in on that the thing is like you said all those like kemba is like the most likable guy like you can even like think of like a good person and like Kemba Walker is like the guy you think of basketball reasons why I don't like it. He's pretty handily the most talented player in this deal. Yes. Kemba Walker, when he's on the court is going to help us more than what Al Horford and Moses Brown do combined. And you know how I am on Al Horford. You, <laughs> I used to have some good Al Horford rants back in the day. You're, but you um, And you're high on Moses Brown. Yeah, yeah I like Moses <laughs> Brown. I like Moses Brown. Moose. I, I, yeah, I'm okay. I am, at the end of the day, okay with the deal. But I am worried because you never know how long the window is in the NBA for keeping your superstars happy. And at the end of the day, talent wins in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter here is with this trade, the Celtics took a talent hit. And every time you do that, you run a risk. Like what if what if Kemba Walker turns around and balls out this year for OKC and Al Horford looks every bit as 35 as he is and Moses Brown can't move that well and we don't have the number one, we don't have the 16th pick in the draft and that turns into a quality rotation player for the Thunder. There's a lot of things that could make this look terrible in hindsight. I, I understand why they did it. And the number one thing is that financial flexibility, but it concerns me for the team that we can put around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for next year. I am concerned that those guys might not have the juice to get it done and like be the teammates that they need to be for those two guys, because last year wasn't acceptable. And can can we have two unacceptable years in a row? That's, I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, if we're the six or seven seed again, the season's absolutely a failure. But I think this yeah. move also brings in reassurance for another player that's not healthy in Rob Williams. I think that yeah. this upgrades yeah. your defense significantly. And yeah. I think Marcus Smart slotting in as a full-time starting point guard, as much as anyone can go back and forth on Marcus Smart, at the end of the day, if he's yeah. the fourth or fifth guy that's shooting the ball, I'm okay with him being on the court. And yeah. if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum continue to take that step and oh, thank the Lord we have Jason Tatum for the next yeah. five seasons and Jalen Brown for the next four. Because like you said, yeah. we're in on them. That Those are our guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if you're a Celtics fan, at the very least, you have to feel fantastic about where you're at at the center position. Yes. I mean, <laughs> like this version of Time Lord is a really good player. Uh, you have Al Horford now. We still have Tristan Thompson rostered, which is going to be interesting how we navigate that. Mm -hmm. uh, if he's still on the team next year, I kind of hope he is. I understand he has the best contract in terms of trading, but, you know, Tristan Thompson, Rob Williams, and Al Horford, that's a really, really good rotation of bigs that all provide something different, but are all positive impacts on defense. Mm. Like, but, but they do something that maximizes, like that's, but we're going to keep going back to it. So do they maximize the Jays? All three of those guys do. And I think Tristan Thompson was really good uh, in the playoffs and towards the end of the season. It wasn't showing up on the stat sheet, but he was the best screen setter for Jason Tatum. They had a great pick and roll game. Um, couldn't really rely on Rob because of his health issues, but we've seen him. We, we've seen him be a borderline dominant player yes. at times <laughs> on both ends. So it's like, if we can capture lightning in a bottle and just prolong it a little bit longer for longer stretches with Rob, like if we get, if we get 15 great minutes of Rob a night and 10, just okay. And then you can supplement that with Al Horford who provides great passing, great defense, good, good floor spacing and Tristan Thompson, who can be a really good plus defender. And obviously is one of the dominant rebounders in the league. They're going to have a really good bigs rotation. Um, again, I am, deeply concerned about their guards like deeply yeah i hear you deep it's deep <laughs> now 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 joe one more question though i mean yeah how much how many first round picks would we have to include to trade al horford and tristan thompson for ben simmons <laughs> it would never happen F philly can't take on al again i'm, I'm just playing around <laughs> that would be hilarious if we that got them to take al horford brad stevens is retiring as the greatest gm over red hour back over anyone he's the guy <laughs> dude you know al horford's sister do you follow her on twitter uh, anna yep. she she <laughs> imagine if al went back to philly like all the trash that she's been talking about Philly fans, be tough. It, that that would be something. Uh, I wouldn't give up any first rounders <laughs> for Ben Simmons in that situation. I think Al and Tristan are going to be super valuable to the Celtics next year. So I honestly would be hesitant to give up more than one, like more than one. I would be like, all right, Philly, we watched the playoffs last year. Like we know what we're getting. You're trying to yeah. pull one over us here. But um I think Ben Simmons would be a great fit in Boston if you're asking me. So I think so too, man. And Joe, you know, we could talk about what the Boston roster move should be, what their head coach, you know, who their head coach should be, all this. But we got to move on, man. We're gonna, yeah. We got to talk a little Team USA. I'm actually rocking my dad's yeah. Larry Bird jersey that. that he bought yeah. in 92, you know, during, yeah. during the – I got a little stain on it. I don't think he knows, but we're not going to tell him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. 
So this Team USA roster, it's being put together. There's two spots left. Quickly, I'm just going to rattle through who's committed. And, you know, I haven't looked at my phone in the last hour, but I don't think anyone else has. But we got Dane Lillard. We got Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, James Harden, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, which I love, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Kevin Love. <laughs> hey, Kevin hey, Love Chandler, and Bam Adebayo. <laughs> Chandler, every team needs their end of bench guy. Every team needs to, he's gonna we need a cheerleader on team USA. That's maybe Zion. <laughs> yes, that was Zion. Maybe, maybe Jalen Brown, <laughs> maybe Marcus Smart, maybe yeah. anyone but Kevin. Oh Lowe. my god. Can you imagine? Like, I know this is not what we're talking about here, but Marcus Smart and Draymond Green on the same team. That would be that would be something. Put PJ Tucker out there too while we're at it. Oh yeah, just some, <laughs> just some like tough dudes. Let's get Marcus Morris out there. You know what? My That's end like, of the bench guy is Ben Wallace. He's the thirteenth guy. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> That's a, like a forty-five-year-old Ben Wallace. He'd still scare everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna be doing the Pistons lottery tonight. By the way, that's oh, like yeah. right before we're, we're recording this. Oh, yeah, yeah, but the lottery, I forgot, I forgot the lottery about the lottery. is tonight. We'll have to talk yeah, about but, that next week. But uh, but yeah. so, Joe, man, I got to tell you, there's two spots left. Um, Donovan Mitchell said he's out. Steph said he's out. Braun said he's out. CP3 said he's out. Who would you like to see fill those last two spots? I have a couple guys in mind, and I feel like they need another big. They have Bam, Kevin Love, and Draymond. Maybe you don't because it's the Olympics, but I feel like they need another big. But immediately, I look at Kawhi yeah. Leonard. I look at Paul George. I look at Jalen Brown, and I look I look at Carmelo Anthony. I think it would be awesome for Melo to get a roster spot here. Yeah, he's the, what, the best Olympian basketball player of all time, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's built for that stage, man. Uh, Jalen Brown is still rehabbing that hand injury. He had that ah, surgery. Right. So he's he's probably definitely out. Um, Kawhi probably I, tore his ACL. Kawhi's probably out. <laughs> Kawhi's not – Kawhi obviously is not the type of dude to mess around with injuries. Yeah. Paul George would surprise me. I just think, like, he would get dragged so bad if he committed to Team USA and then, like, lost in the sun. So he might be avoiding that. He would be a great addition, obviously. Cat. Uh, comes to mind i'm not sure if he's technically american i think he has dual citizenship with the dominican republic yes i, so I believe I'm, so i'm not entirely sure if he is eligible for team usa right, no cat would be, yeah no cat miles, miles turner? turner miles Ooh. turner comes around even though he got he got stuffed in a locker bad in the fiba in the fiba games yeah like <laughs> they had they had jalen brown guarding centers because miles turner couldn't hang in that uh that tournament so He's kind of a good backup option. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's get let's get Marcus Smart in there because you know, yep. <laughs> glue guys need the glue guys. Uh, I'm trying to think like who's the ideal big man? We don't so have fans committed. All the best, all the best bigs in know. basketball I'm are kind of from other countries. You got Nikola Jokic, you got Joel Embiid, you got Rudy Gobert. None of them are American. All the best bigs, you know, are going to be playing elsewhere, but. Uh, lose some connection i think i lost you for a second there yeah i think you did yeah um i don't know what you heard i was saying but i i heard you say you got nikola Jokic. oh yeah <laughs> that's all i heard <laughs> all right well i'm joe... guessing i'm guessing i'm serbian 
<laughs> so so joe and i just had a little technical difficulty but what i was trying to get out is the u.s doesn't have great bigs the three best no. bigs in basketball serbia cameroon france we don't have great bigs i like bam i don't know who else can fill out that roster spot it's going to be interesting because lord knows it's not andre drummond yeah could be mason plumley pop yeah. likes him i feel like there's always <laughs> i <a> mean plumley. <laughs> where, like where are we as a society that we have mason plumley representing us in the olympics but <laughs> i mean i don't know like miles turner probably is the best option talent wise but i don't know he's like i don't know yeah. <laughs> he's not no, that good i hear he fool's gold you know so <laughs> that's that's something that they need to address but I, at the end of the day you have what they have Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. Does it really matter who Harden, Middleton, Draymond? Is? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. This yeah. team's winning so, it all. Yeah. So who do you think is the starting lineup? Um, looking here, I'd probably I'd probably go Dame. I'd probably go Drew because I want defense in that lineup. I'd probably go D book, Durant, and Bam. Yeah, yeah. I get where you're coming from there. I would probably go dame i would take out drew i get what you're saying for defense but i would take out drew for jason tatum there's still a lot of defense there and added size you slide book up a position uh it's you got dame book tatum durant bam then you got james harden probably isn't gonna play a lot Mm. because of that hamstring but i think he's just there for the vibes to be honest (laughs) but you know he might play a couple of minutes a game and spend just, some time at the point but uh yeah i'm not i'm not worried about team usa yeah, i'm not either it's it's definitely yeah. going to be fun it always is yeah. i'm looking forward to watching this team play and i'm looking yeah. forward to seeing who can push them a little bit you know it's always fun watching yeah. a game get close and them, yeah. them winning by 25 so yeah it's always spain spain or something like that just a really like some country that just pumps out like quality nba players slovakia probably going to yeah. be up there they Serbia has a nice squad too. Serbia, they do yeah. Bogdanovic and uh, and Jokic, and they got a squad. Um, yeah. Joe, it's been fun, man. We're gonna move on to some listener questions. Uh, just Great. gonna run through Great. the, just gonna run through these fast here, man. So my buddy John Chu submits two questions, and he said, "Please explain MLS two. No, we're not gonna do that. The MLS <laughs> announced plans to add a second league. It's gonna be oh, yeah? weird. You know, there there's not enough info yet, so we're not yeah. gonna talk about that yet. All and right. uh, M- mls2 electric boogaloo that's what they're doing yeah yeah, i was uh i was confused about that but uh i I saw the electric boogaloo i was very confused but yeah (laughs) but uh man next we got another question from john and he said what top what non-top 20 teams in fifa so any country you know soccer teams could combine to make a top five team none of them absolutely none of them could break the top five if they combine two teams you know ridiculous question i like this question from jimmy mcquade nice westfield alum here have you been to the woo socks yet he said great vibes at polar park i have yeah. not been to the woo socks man but i have been hearing good things about it i'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to checking out a game there eventually yeah me too me too i used to go to the paw socks like you know semi-often and i really like the woo socks like their stadium their jersey designs it's pretty cool. So I, I bet it's like a cool atmosphere. Get some good baseball in, you know, those triple A guys are all fighting for it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good sport. Um, yeah. yeah. The Woo Sox are definitely go Woo Sox. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. We just became Woo Sox fans right on this yeah, podcast. Pretty yeah. Good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hold on. Uh, sorry to interrupt there, Chandler, but I know you were a, I know you were a main Red Claws fan, and that just reminded me of how do we feel about losing Crustacean Nation? Dude, honestly, I don't know if we can talk about it. That was hard. The main <laughs> yeah, Celtics? It was tough. What? Dude. You know what? Crustacean Nation. Oh, go ahead. I, I thought if we're going to just name them the Celtics and just make the lobster green, like we should have given it the little bowler's hat and the cane, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a lobster holding that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the worst move I've seen the Celtics front office make in quite some time. <laughs> Probably the honest. worst move in sports in the last couple of years, just in general. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Station yeah. Nation was the greatest hashtag on Twitter, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is sad. This is sad. Yeah, so, so, you know what? We're putting all that positive energy behind the Woo Sox. Go <laughs> Woo Sox. Don't do anything stupid, please. Joe, you just asked my least favorite listener question in the history of right off the bus. Twenty six episodes in, asking me about asking me about the main yeah. red claws. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mean to bring up any oh. bad blood between you and the Celtics. There, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Anyways, man, let's move on. My buddy Brett, yeah. can we finally stop saying that the Hawks made a mistake with the Luca and Trey Young trade? Dude, two teams won. It can happen. I'm glad it happened. We got two superstars, two mega stars that are going to be around for the next 10, 15 years. I can't wait to watch both of them, man. Both these teams won. Both these teams won. This is awesome. I wouldn't go so far as to say both teams won. I don't think the Hawks lost. I will say that. I've had a lot of great things to say about Trey Young so far on this podcast. I still put him in a complete – I put Luka in a different tier. Like, I think Luka is – that much of a better player i don't i think lebron james is the best player in the nba and then it's luca that's where i'm at with that dude oh, man. like he is so beyond talented like the things that he well i shouldn't say that because you know there's kevin durant but but he's luca's in that tier of guys that are like oh this, this guy's clearly like going to be the best player in the league like this guy is clearly like different from some of those other guys and to think that your front office had a chance to just to just have him you didn't have to do anything. You could have just <laughs> taken them. And they didn't do that. They overthought it. I mean, and Atlanta is not nearly as guilty of this as Phoenix and Sacramento, even though it worked out for Phoenix too, kind of. Aiden's a nice player. But to have the opportunity to add Luka Doncic on your team and not do it is inexcusable, in my opinion. Hindsight's twenty twenty, my friend. Marvin sure. Bagley was taken ahead of him, and uh, uh, that hurts uh, okay, to say as a Duke it, fan, but – yeah, that was ridiculous at the time. <laughs> I, that was it insane was. at the time. But here's the thing, Joe. We only got so much time, and we could talk yeah. about this trade forever. But I think I think it's fair. I I think both teams won. But I I get what you're saying. Luca is yeah. that dude. He's that talented. Yeah. yeah. But all respect to Trey Young. I'm not trying right. not trying to disparage the young man. He's incredible. Good for Atlanta. They got they got a they got a real dude there. But. Luca. Trey also fits the culture, though. You know, yeah. like imagine cool. Luca trying to fit Atlanta culture with like Quavo yeah. and like all the. It would be. It would look yeah. weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I will say like my turning my turning point on Trey Young is when he uh when he was like quieting the Madison Square yeah. Garden crowd. Oh. He said, "I'll see you back in the A." I was like, "That's right. We'll see you back." In the a. Like, <laughs> tell, right, him, Trey, tell him, Trey. Tell him, Trey. Yeah. Tell him. yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Trey's so, that dude. I, yeah. Sorry. Don't, I don't think I don't think Luca's doing that, but yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, two two great players. 
not mad, not mad at Atlanta for getting Luca. All right, Trey. Both, both ended up with great fits, without a doubt, yeah. man. And another no question from Brett: Is CP3 cursed? Is this man legitimately cursed? Because man, you think the Clippers are going to the Western Conference Finals and maybe winning a championship if he doesn't get hurt against the Warriors in that series? Yeah, right, sorry, the Rockets, and it happened with the Clippers one time too. I forget who they were playing, but with the Rockets, that Game Six and Game Seven, man. I mean. He, yep. might, he might be cursed. This might be legit. <laughs> no, I, I think you're onto something. And I think right now is a fascinating case study, actually, of which curse is more powerful, the curse of CP3 or the curse of being the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> like, what, like, who could have more unfortunate things happen to them in the span of seven games? That's, that's going to decide who wins this series. I mean, I mean, Chris Paul finally gets to the Western Conference Finals after – what one run with Houston and just coming up short every year in, in LA gets gets COVID after getting vaccinated like what incredibly yeah. bad luck but Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard might be up for the series it's it's a real uh it's a real heavyweight matchup of uh curses in the NBA I think <laughs> and absolutely man and that that's a great way of looking at it I love that too yeah last question man from our boy Joe Braverman from Westfield and his podcast let me speak let me speak official on IG go check it out but he asked is it time to trade Ben Simmons we already talked about this it's time it's time to move on from Ben after hearing yeah. what Joel said after hearing Daryl Morey after hearing Doc Rivers having no support from your front office having no support that was from your locker room it's time it's time that was rough and I, I want to say this about Doc Rivers I thought what he said was like incredibly whack. Yeah. Like I thought that yeah. sucked. I thought that sucked to be honest. Cause he has been Ben Simmons biggest supporter all season. I mean, he was singing his praises like halfway through this Hawk series. And it's like, what happened, man? Well, look, we know what happened. Right. <laughs> like it was rough. It was rough and it was hard to defend. I'll, I'll give that to doc, but like, don't leave your guy hanging like that. Like tough. that is, that's tough. And I mean, what Joel said, I think Joel was within his rights to say that. Like, I didn't think that was unnecessary or anything like, mm. but that's gotta be tough to hear if you're Ben Simmons, that's gotta be tough to hear if you're a Philly fan because his trade value. I mean, I know it's basically a must at this point that Ben Simmons gets traded. You can't bring him back. You can't bring back the same Sixers squad next year. I don't think his trade value could possibly be worse. Like we're yeah. talking about a CJ McCollum swap. Yeah. That's not doing anything for Philly. I mean, CJ is a great player. No disrespect to CJ, but what are we doing here? CJ doesn't make you a championship contender. Went to Lehigh this in is, Pennsylvania. Local. Yeah. Yeah. For a Philly season that could not have possibly gone better in the regular season. I mean, they had that terrible year last year. It was basically what the Celtics just had. Um, to like it felt like they turned it around it was like oh maybe doc is the right coach like daryl Morey, like he is one of the best gms in the league and then to see it all come apart in the way that we all expected it to just looking at the roster like that's gotta hurt for philly like because yeah. clearly there's a problem that could have been addressed and just never got addressed yeah so. and i mean for a player now it's worse and for a player whose confidence is at an all-time low hearing that i mean it's gotta it's just yeah. gotta be absolutely 
absolutely gutting. You feel for yeah. Ben Simmons, even though this has been a Ben Simmons hate podcast. Um, you still got to feel for the guy a little bit. Yeah, at the end of the day. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, hey, man, I'm still taking Ben Simmons on my Celtics. We don't need him yes. to score. Just give it, give it to Jason or Jalen. They'll they'll handle the scoring part. Ben can average um, 10, 10, and ten, no problem on my Celtics. I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah, like as long as he <laughs> understands that he is a four. Yep. <laughs> but um yeah i mean just a wow i can't believe the way things have shaken out for the sixers i mean i can believe it because right. i thought it was going to happen but i can't believe i was right about it <laughs> <laughs> i hear you man i hear you man all right it's time to get towards wrapping up the show joe yeah. so quick before we get on to our little segment what we've learned in this last week of sports I'm going to read a little quick ad from Book Thinkers. So you guys already know from listening to the pod, but if you read personal development books, you need to go check out Book Thinkers. This company is dedicated to helping you fulfill more every single day through books. And every single day on their Instagram, every week on their podcast, this team over there at Book Thinkers is helping you discover new books and new mentors that can help you achieve more and live better. So if you're interested, please go check out Book Thinkers. You can check them out on Instagram at Book Thinkers. Go to www.bookthinkers.com and find that book that can change your life. Now we're going to get on to what we've learned. Joe, I'll start us off here, man. And I got to say what I learned this week, reflecting on these NBA playoffs, this has been the best NBA postseason in a long time. And I don't know since when, but yes, I understand the weird last two seasons. Yes, I know all these stars are out, but I think that's part of it. I think part of the fact that you're not seeing LeBron and AD and you're not seeing James Harden and Kevin Durant anymore and that the final four teams haven't won a championship since the NBA merged with the ABA in 76. This is special, man. And also the fans just got back in the buildings. Yeah. The fans couldn't be there for over a year. There's something special about this NBA postseason. I love that it's the Bucks, Suns, Clippers, like and the Clippers and the Hawks. Four small market teams. You say LA. It's a small market because it's the Clippers. It's weird, yeah. man. It's interesting. Yeah. I love this NBA postseason, man. I absolutely do. Yeah, I love it too. And it's been like, it's been a joy to watch in ways that it hasn't been in the last few years as a Celtics fan because the stakes are low for me. But I find myself watching games and being like, oh my God, please beat the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yes, Reggie Jackson pick on Gobert because that's hilarious like I'm just like rooting for the most chaotic outcome possible yep. in every game and it's basically happened every game yeah. so it's been the it's been and, great and building off of that I think the only yep. sport that I can think of where there's total parity in the league is the is major league soccer a different team yep. wins major league soccer every single year and I love it yeah. you look at top soccer everywhere else same teams win every year you look at the NBA the Warriors dominate the Heat dominate the Spurs dominate they have their times but man there's never been more parity in the NBA than right now and I absolutely awesome. love to see it I really do Joe it's you awesome. learn anything this week in the world of sports I did. I'm going to get one last shot in here on Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I didn't learn it, but I was reminded of it. Kevin O'Connor of the ringer. He's been harping on this for years. Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand. I think he shoots lefty. He's a righty. It doesn't make any sense why he does it. His feet are not facing the basket when he shoots. Everything is wrong about him mechanically. He like, he, he needs to, he needs a shooting coach. I, I don't know. He needs a sports therapist. He needs everything to like get his mind and body right because it's just not working for him and it should, it makes no sense. But Ben Simmons is the biggest 
like question like what what is going on with you i think i've ever seen in sports i, th- I think that's fair man i think that's fair <laughs> oh, i hope he doesn't hear this podcast i know he won't i know there's zero chance but yeah there's a lot yeah. of podcasts going out that have a lot of similar ben simmons content on it right now <laughs> yeah yeah you know what ben simmons if you're listening to this podcast my twitter handle is joe hagan 77 you can DM me. I'll let you know my home address. You can come and beat the crap out of me as long as like we can have like, I'll put you, I'll make a podcast and put you on it, man. Like, I don't care. But like, I'm not saying these things because I don't believe them. You know what? The other thing I learned this week is that Joe loves giving out his address. That's what I learned this week on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple <laughs> times already. <laughs> Whoever wants to come beat me up is welcome to. Joe, I think that you throwing your Twitter Twitter handle out there is a perfect segue to wrapping up this show. You know, yep. I'll tell I'll tell them to you know follow and all that after. But if you want to just lay it out, tell them to find you on Twitter. Tell them to find yep. you anywhere else. If you got anything else going on, you want to touch on. Now's the time, man. Yeah, no, uh, I'm not up to much these days. Mostly talking trash on Twitter. So you can find me at <laughs> JoeHagan77. That's my Twitter handle. You know, comment something. I like to engage, get into Twitter fights. It's one of my best best pastimes. Also want to wish a happy birthday to my guy, Tommy. Tommy, happy birthday. He's a writer for Patriots Life. You should check them out on Twitter. Great stuff. Happy birthday, T-Bone. Absolutely. Love it. Happy birthday, Tommy. We're here for that, man. From the right off the bus family to yours, Tommy. That's what it is. Now, you guys already know, but to wrap up the show, we just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you, Joe, for coming on and being the first co-host in the history of Right Off the Bus. 26 episodes, Joe. This is six months of podcasts. Yeah, you got to be part of that, man. I'm so glad that you were able to come on here. Chandler, I've been I've been waiting by my phone for this invitation (laughs) ever since I saw that you're starting up a podcast. I've been waiting by the phone. Finally came. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, sir, man. We made it happen six months later and got gotta love it, Joe. Thank you for coming on. And for all those listeners, I just want to say thank you for spending some time with Joe and I today, you know, this afternoon, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, whether you're a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday listener, we appreciate you. We do not take your time for granted. And the fact that you would spend an hour, hour and a half of your your week with us, it means a lot. We really appreciate it. So please go like, comment, subscribe, follow, message, do all that good stuff to try to boost our engagement. We appreciate you guys. And that wraps up episode number 26 of Right Off the Bus. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you so much, man. Peace.